that, Lord, you are great. And God, we come tonight to experience your greatness, to see the supernatural, Lord. We look around, Lord, and we see our world in the condition that it's in, Father. We have no hope in our politics, Lord. We have no hope in our society. But, Father, our hope is in you in this word. And, Lord, we believe in the supernatural because each of us here today are held by the supernatural hand of God. If it wasn't for the hand of God, if it wasn't for you, God, where would we be today? I wouldn't be standing behind this sacred desk. No doubt those in this pew or in the pews wouldn't be seating out in front of us tonight, Father. But God, your supernatural hand has come down and lifted us up by the miry clay. And Lord, you wiped away our past. Father, you erased our past and you gave us a future, Lord. You cleansed our hearts. You set our hearts aflame on the things of God. And Lord, we just want to come tonight, Lord, just to share just a few things from your word tonight. The inspiration of your spirit. And Lord, we just is asking. Lord, in a moment of despair, when so many are sick and afflicted, and it seems like cancer is on a rampage, and Lord, different ones, believers, are being stricken down in their bodies, but we believe tonight in the supernatural God. We believe tonight in a living God, not a dead God, not a God of history, but a very present help, a now God. And I'm asking, Father, that you would come tonight. God, I'm asking that you would come and honor the faith of your people. God, I'm asking you to come tonight and speak to their hearts. I'm asking, Lord, as, as a servant, I'll just get myself out of the way and allow you to come and just be able to speak the word to us tonight and break the bread of life, Father. So we commit this, we commit this service now into your care. We commit the people into your hands. And we ask, Lord, we ask tonight that you move among us. May this not just be another service, but this is an opportunity to draw from God what we have need of. And if there be one here tonight, Lord, that would say, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know my affliction will leave. I know my situation will turn around. And Lord, that's what we're here for tonight is just to touch you. So move among us, Lord God. Get in our presence. Move through every, every pew, every heart, every heart, every need, every hand, Lord. May you just speak and move tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to look here in Luke 18, in verse 18. The scripture says, And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, and that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I done from my youth up. And when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye or the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they heard it said, who then can be saved? And he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. You can be seated this evening. 
We're going to kind of take our, <clears throat> excuse me, take our text tonight from verse 8 or verse 27. The things that are impossible with men are impossible with men are possible with God. And what I want to speak to you tonight on is God does impossible math. And you say, how does that title fit this scripture? So many times when we think of math, we think of numbers, right? We think of equations. Some of you think of boredom. Who in the world goes into math, right? Some of you think of anxiety. I got to figure this out. Or some of you may be painstaking math. You know, science and math go hand to hand because it's critical thinking skills and that, and that nature. But any time and every time for most of us here tonight, when you think of math, you think of a problem. So you can associate math with a problem. And many times the problem is bigger and it's harder for you to figure out with your finite mind. But I want you to know tonight somebody has the answer to the problem. Because every mathematical equation, every mathematical problem has an answer. And tonight our God does impossible math. He deals with impossible situations. He deals with impossible problems. Problems that you can't handle. Problems that you can't think of. Problems that's above your IQ and your intellect. But the God that we serve tonight is a God that does the impossible. So I don't know what you're going through tonight. Maybe life is, has been difficult. It's, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying about the life has given you a bunch of lemons. How many ever felt like that? Man, my life is nothing but a bunch of lemons. Well, what you need to do is find some sugar and you need to make some lemonade. Find something sweet about it and make some lemonade. I understand. I'm a, you know, I can tend to be a negative person at times. So I've had to take and look back at myself and understand why has God put you in places and situations and difficulties and hard times. And many times we find sicknesses may be stricken in your home. Cancers come in and kick the door down and ravish your body. But that doesn't mean God has given up. That's only an opportunity for God to display himself as a God that deals with the impossible case. So we find many of you tonight may be sick in your body, sickness in the home, hardships have inundated your life, and you just don't know what to do. But the God that we serve does impossible math. Impossible math. You say, well, Brother Joe, I don't understand. I'm just trying to find the why. If I can just understand the answer. You don't have to understand the answer. You don't have to come up with the answer. He is the answer. All that you need to know tonight is to be reassured that he gave you a promise and there's nothing that you're going through but what God hasn't got a purpose behind it. And the purpose of God will never be defeated. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing tonight, the purpose that God has allowed you to face whatever you're facing will not be defeated because God elected you and God chose you and God has anointed you to face that thing and not only face it, but God is going to get the victory and do the impossible by it. He gave us a promise that I'll never leave you. Either you believe that tonight or not. Because I'm here to tell you, I've been in times I couldn't feel God. I couldn't see God. I ain't heard from God. But I still had to believe when he wasn't there, when he wasn't present, he still gave a promise. He said, Joe, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. 
So no matter what you're going through, how difficult it may seem, he's still there. He's still God. He's still moving. He's still working. He says in Hebrew 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Matthew 28, 20 says, I, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He's not afraid of COVID-19. He's not concerned on the city chop that they got up there in Seattle and everything that's going on around the world. He said, I'll be with you even to the end. John 14, 17, he says, For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So God loves to take the most difficult problems in the worst cases and work it to your good. He said, Brother Joe, I don't understand that. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. Even my sickness, all things. Even this mountain that I'm facing, all things. Even cancer in my body, all things. Even high blood pressure, all things tonight. Even wayward sons and wayward daughters and wayward husbands and wayward spouses. He said, all things that work together for your good tonight. To them that love God. And I trust tonight that you love God. See, all things work together for the good. They may not be enjoyable while you're going through it. But trust in him that it's working to your good. Maybe you're facing a seemingly impossible situation. Perhaps you feel completely trapped and hedged in and overwhelmed. And there seems to be no sign of solution in sight. And maybe you're confronted with a challenge where there seems to be no resolution. But you can have peace in your storm. You know, there's something about a storm. When the storm comes, it shakes us, doesn't it? You let the lightning start popping and the thunder start cracking. All the kids run to the master bedroom. Because they know there's safety in that room. Oh, let me tell you, and sometimes God will allow the storms to pop, the thunders to crack, and the lightnings to pop, and to bring you on, to bring you into that secret place, to bring you under the, sh- the shelter of his wings so that you can feel that sense of security. Well, I'm going to tell you tonight, he's here tonight. He's the same God, and no matter what you're going through, he's here to send the thunder, and he's here to send the lightning, but he's also got a word of assurance. I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. I'm going to be with you in your thunderstorm. I'm going to be with you in your difficult time I'm here tonight to show you I'm God of the impossibilities what's not possible with man is possible with God oh hallelujah maybe you're on an emotional roller coaster up one minute down the next up one minute down the next you enjoy as you get halfway up But you know, when you get to the top, you're coming down. And sometimes you can't put the brakes on fast enough, hard enough to stop. Seems like everything's just caving in. See, God allows impossibilities to be a platform from which he does his best work. The impossible situation that you find yourself in, he uses that to do his best work. So if everything was easy and God was doing what he normally does, you wouldn't think anything about it. There's a wise man that once said, most of our blessings are hidden 
in a little envelope called impossible situation. How many of you ever pulled that envelope out? You've been in impossible situations. So when God wants to do a miracle, he puts you in a difficult situation. When God wants to do a greater miracle, he puts you in an impossible situation. But he's still God. See, the situation doesn't hinder God from being who he is. So if you're in a situation tonight and you're not seeing anything, you're not feeling anything, maybe you're not hearing anything, it doesn't mean that God isn't there. And it doesn't mean that God's not working. But when that's, if you're in that situation and that time and that point of your trial, that's when you need to expect God to do the impossible. My wife's saying, we shall see the supernatural. It's hard to see the supernatural when you're beat down. Because usually when you're beat down, your face is facing the ground. But the Bible says, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. It's time when you're walking through your trial, throw your shoulders back and realize the devil can't do nothing to you. But what first, he went before Almighty God and got permission to come and to take on and to take on a son or a daughter of God. You got cancer this evening? God, Satan had to go before the enemy or before God to get permission to strike you with cancer. Does that mean you're defeated? No, sir. That means that God is here to do the impossible. When you're at your weakest moment, when you're at your deathbed door, God is still here to say, I'm here tonight to do the impossible. The Bible would tell us, you have to excuse my excitement tonight. I've been primed for this service for a long time. And it's been bubbling over probably a couple months now. You say, why, Brother Joe? Because, because I felt God move in an impossible situation. I went a couple months ago and told Brother Tim and he and I were talking in the back room. I said, Brother Tim, you're going to have to pray because I think the hospital doors are going to close. We're that bleak. It's that bad. I mean, it seems like everything's falling apart. I don't know what we're going to need to do. But then God sent COVID-19. And all of y'all are worried to death. I say, praise God. He does the impossible. You say, why are you so happy about that? Because we got all kind of funds to keep the doors open, to provide health care to our community, to provide jobs for some of you that's in this building tonight, and some may be on the live stream. I didn't know how God was going to do it. I racked my financial mind. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And I was watching something on a, maybe at the first of this whole COVID-19, the little chosen series. And the creator of the Chosen series, he, he went through a very difficult, discouraging time in his movie producing career. And he didn't know how he was going to have the funds to be able to, to come up with the, the, the series, The Chosen. And his wife came to him. She said, honey, God does impossible math. And I thought, my, who are we to limit God? Who are we to limit God to our situation?" Who are we to limit God to finances? Who are we to limit God to health? Who are we to limit God to our own uh, doubts and unbelief? God says, I will do the impossible. 
And if you have your faith right, if you have your expectation right, you're going to see the supernatural. You're going to see the impossible. They said, look, they, they said, no, how can it be? How can anybody be saved when Jesus tells them it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man? You mean I got to be poor all my life? That's not what he's saying. The eye of a needle was considered a gate. A very small gate. It was actually the second gate into the city. And this camel, in order to get through it, he had to get down on his all fours. And he had to unpack everything that was on him if he was ever going to get through that. So what are you saying tonight, brother? I'm saying you're going to have to unpack your cares. You're going to have to unpack your complexes. You're going to have to unpack your grudges and your, and your vices and everything else that you got. You got to unpack and get down and say, God, I'm coming through tonight. It may not be possible with man with all the stuff he's toting on him, all the baggage, all the worries, all the stress, all the things of this world. But if you'll just let go tonight and unpack and let God have his way, you'll go through that needle's eye. Well, brother Joe, I'm worried about my health. Unpack it tonight. God has got your health in control. Notice this young man approached him. What must I do to have eternal life? And he simply told him, sell everything you got. Otherwise, he was saying, unpack. All your worldly riches, unpack. You ain't got to be the fashion model of Laodicea. Unpack it. But he rejected his opportunity to follow Jesus. He rejected his opportunity when it was laid down to him pretty stiff. And I wonder, what about us? What about some of you young people tonight? Because you think it's glamorous to be fashion, to be accepted in school or whatever. God's not asking you to to be accepted in school. He's asking to unpack. Because you're not, listen, that rich young ruler, no matter how much wealth he had, he could never buy his way to heaven. And no matter how intelligent you are here tonight, you may have a 180 IQ, even if it goes that high. I don't really know. Shows my IQ, right? <laughs> you may have the highest IQ and even like tabernacle, but that's not a shoe in that you're going to make it. Because you can't intellectually make your way go to heaven. Because what's impossible with man is not impossible with God. God's not looking to you to make your own way, to buy your way. God's looking to you to unpack. Unpack your guilt, your unforgiveness, your complexes, your grudges, your doubts, your unbelief, your fears, your anxieties. So that you could be assured to make it. Please remember, Matthew 7 and verse 14 says, Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. So what's hanging in the balance tonight is eternal life. What's hanging in the balance, what's hanging before each of you tonight, you are being presented with eternal life. You can kiss it. And turn your back and walk away. And say, well, I got to give up too much. I mean, I have to let my hair grow out. I have to not put on makeup. I mean, I'm going to be ugly. No, not necessarily. But see, God is asking us to unpack these things. But see, what happens with the rich man, why it's hard for a rich man to go to heaven or go in the kingdom of God, is because he's relying on his wealth, he's relying on his ability, and he's relying on his knowledge. Nowhere is he relying on God. 
So he's putting all his trust, all his effort, all his faith in what he's able to do, what he's able to affect. See, he's not putting it in God, and that's what God is saying. It is impossible for man to make his way to heaven. Amen. I know when I first got saved, and I probably told this several times, but it bears saying again. When I first got saved, you know, when I actually first came over here 20 years ago, hard to believe it's been that long, but... You know, and the Bible said you got to be this, this, and this, and you have love, peace, joy, happiness, gentleness, and all that. I'm thinking, man, I ain't no way I'm going to make this. I'm thinking, I am. This is pathetic. What did I come over here for? I done sold my house, or I didn't have a house. I moved away, quit my job, moved over here, got a job, and, and they're talking about you got to have all these things in the Bible, and Brother Tim preaching as hard as he can preach it. I'm thinking, man, this is, I don't know, I might as well give up. But no, the more you unpack, and the more you experience God, the more God is able to unfold to you. So we find this camel going through the outer needle. What it represents is an impossible situation, an impossible process. And the word impossible there means not possible. Oh, isn't that a very intelligent word or definition? Not possible, unable to be, or unable to exist, unable to happen, unable to be done, unable to be performed, unable to be effective, incapable of being true, not to be done, not to be endured, utterly impractical and hopelessly unsuitable. So impossible many pretty much means there's no use for you even trying. Because what's impossible, though you try to do this and you try to do that, only thing you do is make a bigger failure of yourself than just doing what God's told you to do is unpack and give it to him. So we find the hardest situations that, that seem to overwhelm us or consume our thoughts. How many of you have ever been up late in the night worried to death? Nobody? Good Lord, I'm in here by myself. Man, your, your mind is just running 90 to nothing. You're trying to fix this and trying to fix that. And you're sweating and you're, you're over here and you're in grief and you're in anxiety and you're worried about this and you're worried about that. That's us, humanly speaking. But God is not asking you to come to the answer with your own human ability because he's the God that performs impossible math. He's the one that is efficient. Let me hear me, hear me tonight. He is efficient in doing mathematical equations and problems that seem to be difficult. You may have given up on somebody. You may have put them in the, in the grave or you may have put them out in the street. But God says, I've not given up. He's the God of second chances. He's the God that heals. He's the God that delivers. He's the God that sets free. And he's here tonight. He's the same God. So whatever your need is, whatever you're facing tonight, I want you to know, church, he's the God of impossibilities. In Mark 9 23, he said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. So now he's saying it's not only on me, now I'm putting it on you tonight. If you can believe, you can have whatsoever you ask for. Notice he was faced one time with a young boy who had a dumb spirit on him. And we find that in Mark 9 and verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto thee my son which has a dumb spirit. And wheresoever we taketh him, he teareth him and he foameth and he gnashes his teeth and he pineth away. And I spake to the disciples that they should cast them out, and they could not. See, what's impossible with man? They could not. And he answered him, and he said, O faithless generation, how long 
shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you to bring him? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And he, when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. And he fell down on the ground and he wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times he cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And I believe that applies to us tonight at Even Light Tabernacle. If thou canst believe. There's so much negativity out in the world. There's so much fake news out in the world. You don't know what to believe. But thank God we got the truth. We know what we should believe tonight. Thank God we have an anointed ministry with ministers tonight that are preaching the truth, rightly dividing the word. They're not giving you fake news. You're saved one minute and damned the next. No, they're giving you the good news tonight. You don't have to live in sin. You don't have to live in unbelief. You don't have to live in sickness. You don't have to live with cancer. We serve a God that sets free tonight. If you'll just believe, all things are possible. If you can just believe. Notice the problem was bigger than they can handle, humanly speaking. They brought them to the disciples. The disciples were not able to heal them and cast out the enemy. But when Jesus walked up, oh, if we can call Jesus on the scene. I wonder if anybody tonight can call him on the scene. Brother Joe, you know this is just a Wednesday night. Oh, yeah, he works on Wednesday night. Brother L, he works on Wednesday night. He works on Tuesday night. Oh, if you could just call him to your, your situation tonight, you're going to see the supernatural. Oh, we find here many times what may not be possible with man is possible with God. What may not be able to be done or performed by man can and will be performed by God. What's not able to be capable or humanly understood by man is understood by God and capable with God. Let me tell you, it may be impractical with man, but it's not impractical with God. It may be a hopeless case for man, but it's not a hopeless case for God. God ain't never met a hopeless case. Oh, hallelujah, he's never met a hopeless case, and he doesn't intend to meet one tonight. So if you've got a need, you come to the right place. You come to the right math lesson tonight, because he's here to display the supernatural. Oh, hallelujah. All things are possible. Listen, Brother Brandon would say it like this. Divine healing died out a while here a few years ago. It just let down. It happens through the age of, of history. So it's let down so often, and during this time, cancer broke out, sickness in the church. Oh, my. 80% of the people are now sick. He goes, we got the best hospitals. We got the best drugs we've ever practiced with, haven't we? We got more sickness than we've ever had, haven't we? Because we got more unbelief than we've ever had, haven't we? That's right, exactly. Only God's the healer. That's right. Right in the days when we got all these fine drugs and operations and surgeons and so forth, constantly they are building infirmaries for the incurable. Is that right? And they never was nothing that ever come before our master Jesus, but what he was more than a match for. Did you hear me tonight? I said, there was nothing ever come before our master, the Lord Jesus, but what he was more than a match for. So why are you worried tonight? Why are you fretting, little church? My 
God's never met a match that he couldn't defeat. He's never met a cancer that he couldn't destroy. He's never met a sickness that he didn't have power over. He's never met a situation that he didn't have control over tonight. He's more than a match for notice and no incurables to him. All things are possible. Is that right? And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that right? Then nothing is too incurable for him. I said nothing is too incurable for him. Y'all here, we're worried about Brother Ron, but I want you to know tonight, nothing is too incurable for him. Brother Vernon's been sent home on a deathbed. The doctors have nothing else that they can do. But I want you to know tonight, there's nothing incurable to him. You may have a son and a daughter out in the world, but there's nothing incurable to him tonight. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. If you can believe tonight and muster up the faith and say, yes, Lord, I take you at your word tonight, Father. I believe, help thou my unbelief. You'll see the supernatural. You'll see the hand of God. You'll see the impossible made reality. Because he's still on the throne. Notice he says not long ago. This is the, the message ministry explained. He said not long ago right here. At the greatest clinic in the world. The Mayo brothers. They turned me down as a hopeless case. Said I was finished for life. And can never no more be useful. Imagine getting that report. Reverend Bradham, you're done. You're useless. There's nothing else we can do. Go home, get your life in order. Call the family in. And sometimes that's how we feel. But God's letting us know tonight. He does the impossible. Oh, I just love this. Said he was finished for life and could never no more be useful. I was wrecked for life when that I guess the best in the world, when they turned me out as a hopeless, helpless creature. He said, then I met him. That's all it takes tonight, church. Get me to Jesus. That's all it takes. If we can just get to Jesus tonight. We can push our worries aside, our anxieties, our depressions, our fears, our guilt, whatever else is trying to hold you back. If you can push those things aside tonight and just get to him. Fight your way through the crowd. If you can just touch the hem of his garment, he will make you whole. That word whole means free. No more bound by anything. Make you whole. Make you well. Brother Bam would say it like this in the greatest battle ever fought. He said, the doctor's working on the line of scientific. And the doctor's done everything he can. He saves a person's life. And if it can't be saved, it's not because he knows no more to do. He says, at the end of, he's at the end of his wits. The man is honest. But now the tree of knowledge is all right. But when you go so far as it'll go, then step onto the tree of life and keep on going. Amen. It's okay to go to the doctor. But when they've done all that they can do, let's just step onto the tree of life tonight and keep on going. There's no limitations on that tree of life. The only limitation on that tree of life is your unbelief. It's the restraints that you put on God. Well, God doesn't do miracles anymore. Shame on you for believing that. 
God doesn't work the way he worked in the 50s and 60s. Shame on us for ever thinking that. We don't see the miraculous the way that they saw it in the 50s and 60s. Oh, yes, we do. Because our eyes are not trained on the things of this world, but our eyes are trained on the supernatural. And if you can put your eyes off the things of the world and begin to focus on the supernatural, you look up there in a the balcony and a man who's, who'd been wanting to come to church for a long time, didn't really know anything about it. He was an outsider out there. But yet God began to move and God began to work. And then you find he become and he gave his heart to the Lord and got baptized just a few weeks ago. You tell me God still don't work? You telling me God still don't save? That's supernatural. That's supernatural. Notice, if thou canst believe, then all things are possible. So watch the order first. You got to believe. So you got to just denounce your doubts. You got to believe. And when you, when you can believe and you make your confession and believe God, believe that he will do it, then he's under obligation. And not only is he under obligation, but all the authority of heaven is behind him and it's behind you to do what? To procure that promise so that you can have that healing, so you can have that deliverance, so you can have that salvation for that young boy or that young girl. All of heaven tonight is behind the believer's prayer. If thou canst believe that God is still true to his word. He says, I've seen cases where the best doctors has turned them down with cancer. Some of them blind from birth, spastic children, twisted in all kinds of shapes. I've never seen one toe, hallelujah. I've never seen one time he's ever failed to deliver them at the platform. And if he's never failed then, he ain't going to fail tonight. He's not going to fail for your situation. He's not going to fail for that cancer that's stricken you in the body. He's not going to fail for that high blood pressure or that sugar diabetes or that wayward son or that wayward daughter. He's never failed, church. God has got a reputation to uphold. He's a God that's never been defeated. The problem is, we Christians are too weak when it comes down to the showdown. Well, I guess the doctor's report is right. I guess I better give up. I guess all I can see is my son just spiraling down, 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 down. It's like there's no hope. I will give up. And no. Now, that's not what believers believe. Believers believe in the supernatural. Believers believe. And when they get as far as they can get and as low as they can go, and they're out there slopping around with the pigs, believers believe that they're going to come to their self. That's what believers believe. You say, well, it's been 50 years. They've been out of church 40 years. Or they've been out of church 50 years. That's just an outside. That's just something that, that's trying to block your promise and keep you away from trusting God. What believers believe tonight is God get them so low that the only thing that they can do is call upon you and recognize that they never belong to the devil, but they've always belonged to your Lord. That's what believers believe. They may run. The prophet of God said a son of God may go a long time before he ever recognizes that he's a son. But let me tell you, he's going to recognize. He's going to recognize why, Brother Joe, because you put him in the arms of God. As an infant, you place him and you dedicate him to the Lord. It's not your responsibility. It's God's responsibility to keep him. 
Well, I've said everything I can say. I've tried to talk to him. I try to do this. I try to do that. What's impossible with man is not impossible with God. He deals with impossible math problems. Give your problem a name tonight. It may be a brother-in-law. It may be a sister-in-law. It may be a spouse. It may be a friend. You know how they say X equals Z? X is God. Z is whatever you want to put there. But he'll get to the answer. He'll solve the problem. If you can just take time. So they say, God, I want you to work this solution out. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't understand the mathematical equation. I don't know what all's got to move up there in the, in the supernatural hemisphere to get this to happen. But I'm going to believe. So I'm going to write my math problem out. X equals Z. Watch God move. Watch God move. Watch God move. Denominations want to say he don't heal. If, if it's the will of God to heal. Certainly it's the will of God to heal. Why in the world would he put it in his Bible or in his word? I'm the Lord thy God that healeth all thy diseases. If it wasn't his will to heal. But see, they got their X and their equal sign. And whatever letter they put there, they got it wrong. Because X equals Z is always going to come back to a solution. But they don't believe God heals. God does heal. God still sets free. God still delivers. And he still casts out spirits. And we even like tabernacles should believe in the supernatural. How many of you in this church has been healed by a miracle? Stand up. I'm talking about not just healing over time. I'm talking about a supernatural miracle. Look around, church. Look around. And they want to say, God don't move, God don't heal, God don't deliver, God don't save. I'm looking at miracles right here. I'm looking at God doing the impossible math. I'm looking at God putting X and equal Z and a Z here and a Z there and a Z over here. Why? Because God will honor his word every time. And even like tabernacle, you should never doubt the promise of God. You should never doubt the hand of God to save, to heal, to set free. You should never doubt what God can do. If thou wilt believe, all things are possible to this church tonight. We've seen the supernatural. We've seen God heal. We've seen God cast out spirits. We've seen it. Us ministers were face-to-face in hand-to-hand combat with demon spirits. And who got the victory? Not Brother Aaron, not Brother Tim, not Brother Joe or Brother Timothy. But God did. Because he didn't, Brother Tim didn't use his name to bind the spirit. Brother Aaron didn't use his name to bind the spirit. I didn't use my name to bind the spirit. But we use that one name. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. And at the mention of that name, every knee has to bow. You want to talk about the supernatural. Oh my. Oh my. We are a church rich with the supernatural. I said we are a people 
that are rich with the outpouring of the supernatural. Oh, yeah. They got fine. You find today churches don't want you to profess or don't want you to, to testify of the supernatural of God. They shy away and they frown on telling anybody about healings and miracles and deliverances and how God performed. They want to say, you know what, that's taken away from Brother Branham. You're just trying to draw people to yourself and elevate your ministry. It's not man taking credit for these things. Man doesn't have the power within himself to heal another man. He doesn't have the power and the ability within himself to save another man. But let me ask you tonight, if we're ever going to get the people to believe, if we're ever going to get their faith elevated, how are we going to do it if we never tell them about the supernatural? We must declare the promises of God. We must declare the miraculous before the people. We must talk about the healings and the deliverances and the Justin Wares that are at home on a Wednesday night and he comes staggering to the altar at 11.30 and gives his heart to God and he's never given it back. We must declare the supernatural. Somebody's got to do it. It might as well be tonight, Tabernacle. It might as well be you tonight. Declare the glory of God. Declare the promises of God. Don't shy away from it. Don't you pull back and say, our God's not able. Yes, he's able. We got testimony after testimony of God's ability to do the impossible. Psalms 105 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Well, I don't want to say anything. You got, well, he, you better. You better. Make known his deeds. Psalms 89 verse 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. For with my mouth I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Right here in 2020. Some of y'all that can sing should sing in the mercies of God. And make known to all generations. Not just 1950. Not just 1960. Not just in past generations and ages. But at the closing of our age. You can still make known the wonders of God. Psalm 63 or 96 and verse 3. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. Psalms 145 verse 4. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty works. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. Psalms 145 verse 11. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts. And the glorious majesty of his kingdom. We have an obligation, church. We have an obligation to declare his glory to this age. Sister Lana, you got an obligation to declare the glory of God. He still heals cancer. Sister Mariah Pruitt, where are you tonight? You have an obligation to not be ashamed of God's glory And his restoration to you. Because why? Because God did the impossible. David Dexter, you have an obligation because God restored your eyesight. Countless wounds, you popped up and popped up and popped up. Because why? God has done the impossible. 
And churches are afraid to declare the glory of God. And even message churches are shying away from the glories of God. They don't want to have a prayer line. They don't want to have an altar call. I say even like Tabernacle, may we never become backslid and not believe in a God and not be able to testify of the wondrous works and the mighty works of Almighty God. Can I share some of those wondrous works with you tonight? How many of you know the story of Sister Beth Dingwall? Sister Beth Dingwall was a young girl and she contracted, she contracted a, a leukemia. It was called acute lymphomastic leukemia. There was no known cure. Zero. Zero. Did you hear what I said? There was nobody ever cured from this disease or this leukemia ever before. But this leukemia never attacked a daughter of God before. Oh, when he showed his head to a daughter of God, what did that daughter of God and that family and that church family begin to do? They begin to plead the blood of Jesus. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you tonight. You can't have her. You can't hold her. Oh, we serve a living God tonight. And what did they do? They went before the throne of grace and found help in their time of need. And you know what they had to do? They had to rewrite the history books. They had to go back and rewrite the records because now she's one in a million. She's the only one that's a known survivor of this case of leukemia. And let me tell you, God still seals and God still heals and God still delivers and God still is on the move tonight. Then now let somebody go tell Sister Beth that that was all a lie. That God don't deliver. You're too late, devil. She's about 27, 30-ish. Where's Sister Amy at? She's about 30 tonight. She was a young kid when this took place. See, the odds are now one in a million. And she's that one. God still does the impossible. They said there's no way because the doctors was looking away from, they didn't see the God that we see. They can only see by the records, no one's ever survived. They didn't want to give hope to the family. That's all right. Our hope don't come from a doctor. It comes from Dr. Jesus. How many of you have heard the story of Brother Gary Walker? Brother Gary Walker was a minister, or he is a minister there in New Zealand. He was coming back from some meetings, and he had a horrible car accident. And to be honest with you, he died twice. He laid there lifeless, gray, and his wife leaned over, and she said the spirit kind of spoke to her, said, pray for Gary. She, she went to put her, her hand on his hand, and she, she couldn't find his hand. She put it on his arm, and she began to pray the prayer of faith, and he come back to life gurgling in, in his own blood. And, and when the people arrived, the paramedics arrived, he died again. They found a piece of paper in his clothing, I guess his records, Stated that he was deceased at 17.48 p.m., 5.48 p.m. They arrived to the emergency room. He had severe head injury, air in the brain, bleeding in the brain, large hemorrhage in the skull, multiple broken bones, including the temporal bone, the orbitus, the sinus, the palate that was split, broken shoulder blade, this, the gloving of tissue, fractured T12, the spine, fractured ribs, shattered right pelvis, fractured left upper leg, kneecap, tendons were torn off the right shoulder and left knee. How many signing up for this one? Gary's nurse in the emergency room took his wife back to him to see him for the last time. They said, there's no way. He was on life support. There was no way. 
And though he'd been told many times that he would never improve, now he's slowly improving. Now he's walking. He's not slurring his words anymore. And, and, and he's still preaching the gospel. Why? Because God still deals with the impossible cases. They said in his testimony that it was at a very dark time in the hospital. He made his complaint known to God, like any of us probably would do. He said, a voice spoke to him. He said, if you only knew the big picture, you would sign up for this. If you only knew the big picture, you would sign up for this. He said, all these broken bones and the air on the brain and bleeding on the brain and cracked pelvis and fractured this and fractured that. God, you want me to sign up for it? Look at all the souls that he was able to win by testimony, by a son of God, not giving up, trusting God in the darkest of hours, believing God for healing, believing God to make him wherever he can walk again, talk again, preach the gospel again. He believed in the God that does impossible, man. And that God showed up in his testimony and has gone around and around the world and the great big picture is many are blessed. What about a Ron Spencer? What about a Ron Spencer who one night was climbing on a chimney to clean it and it was snowy and icy and he fell 40 feet off the, the roof and had to rush into the hospital. The doctors gave a bleak report and said he'll never walk again. Called the family in. They begin to pray. You know what happened that night? Ron Spencer didn't stay a night in the hospital room. They didn't admit him that night. No, sir, the family began to pray and feel him to come back to his leg and he walked out of the hospital. Because I'm here to tell you, the God that we serve does the impossible. It may not be known to man. The doctors may can't figure it out, but God has the answer. I say God has the solution. He knows the answer. He knows what you're going through. And we all are aware of the story. Brother Ron in the fire. How they was about to harvest his organs. But God, but God, come on the scene, come on the scene. At the last moment, the doctors just tried to work every possible solution and couldn't get to the answer. But God, God provides in your darkest of hours. We have a testimony here in our own church, Sister Lana. Sister Lana with the, the stage four lymphomic cancer that she had to deal with. No doubt she didn't see the big picture, but the picture is now being seen. Testimonies going around the world. How within a mere two short months, she went with one side of her lungs completely full of cancer to two months later being completely free. And how many pet scans have you had since? Four? Three or four, we're going to go somewhere around that number, and she's still clear. She's still free. Because why? God does the impossible. Oh, man may be able to remove some, but God don't just settle with some. God does a complete healing, a complete deliverance, and if you can trust him tonight, he'll do the same for you. If you would just believe tonight, the prophet of God,
But the angel of the Lord told the prophet, if you can get the people to believe, nothing will stand before your prayer, not even cancer, not even a wayward loved one. I'm going to tell you, not even high blood pressure, not even sugar diabetes, not even whatever it is you want to put there, nothing will stand before your prayer if you can get the people to believe. Eat the night tabernacle. Do you believe tonight? Do you believe in the supernatural? Do you believe in a God that's able to work miracles? Let me find a place to bring it down. I don't know where to go. My, my, my. Abraham was said to be the father of nations. And when his son turned 15, God said, Abraham, I want you to take your son and offer him a first sacrifice. Wrap your mind around that one. I'm going to be the father of nation, X. You want me to offer my son, Z. God, this ain't adding up. He didn't question. So come on, Isaac. We're going on a three-day journey. He said he saw the mountain afar off. Three days journey, probably 90 to 100 miles. Had his men with him. He said, all right, you men stay here. The lad and I are going to worship. Notice they worshiped in a bad situation. Abraham knew what was about to take place, but he was going to worship. So you can worship in your darkest hour. You can praise God when things are going wrong. When you know what you're facing, you can still give all the glory to God. So Abraham packs the wood on Isaac. They take the wood and they got the fire. They're going up the mountain, get to the very top. Isaac looks at him. Dad, here's the wood. Here's the fire, but where's the, where's the sacrifice? He says, son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. But dad, look around us. There ain't nothing live up here. It's frozen over. There's no water. There's no food. There's no nothing. How's it going to be possible? Isaac, it ain't for me to try to figure it out. It's for me to believe. He said, the lad and I will go worship. And the lad and I will return. You may be on your deathbed tonight, but the lad and I will return. Abraham laid his son on the altar. He strapped him down, began to pull his hand back. But Brother would say he just kind of brushed his hair back like that and found the juggler vein and went to pull the knife back. When he did, the angel of the Lord caught his hand. said, Abraham, now I know you love me. Stay your hand. And all of a sudden, they heard something over in a thicket. A ram in a thicket. X equals ram. It wasn't supposed to happen. There's no way that a ram could be up there. But God spoke it into existence one minute, and Abraham took it out of existence the next minute. God does the impossible. Let me bring this down to a close. Can I go just a few more minutes? I got plenty here, but we're going to skip on down. I want to finish with John 6 and verse 1, if we can go there. I'll try to have us out of here in 15 minutes, if that's okay, if y'all give me that much time. 
After these things went, went over the Sea of Galilee, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he had did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. And when Jesus lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him, and he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said to prove him, for he knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient of them, and every one of them may take a little. And one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, a number of 5,000 and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had taken, when he given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise the fishes, as they, as they, they would. And when Jesus was filled, he said unto the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered up them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above them that which had eaten. Now notice, when they had filled, he said unto the disciples. Now, he could have just let this miracle go by. But he said, I want you to go, and I want you to take up the fragments. And when they went and they took up the fragments, they took up 12 baskets. What was he proving? That he's more than enough. He's more than enough. Brother L, he's more than enough. You know, Philip looked at the situation. Lord, all we got is 200 penny worth of food. We don't have enough to feed the masses. We, Lord, what do you want us to do? And that's how we feel sometimes. We look at our situations. We look at our gifts. We look at the things that we can bring God. And we say, God, we're insufficient. We don't have enough. But Jesus didn't say, go away. He said, bring it to me. Let me take. If you'll take your fishes tonight and you'll take your loaves tonight, God will take them and God will break them and God will distribute them around the world. Why? Because he's more than enough. I said he's more than enough tonight for your need. He's more than enough for whatever you're going through. He's a God that heals. He's a God that still saves. Oh, God, what are we going to do? We can't feed all these people. He wasn't looking at their lack. He was looking at his promise. He knew what he was about to do. And you would think of all the miracles that he had already performed, they would have been expecting. But they looked at their own inabilities. What is this? Two fish, excuse me, and two loaves among so many. Oh, I wish I had time to go into all this. Every time he broke a fish, Robert God said it wasn't a wiggle fish, it was a cooked fish. Said it was already cooked in Crisco. Break it off and distribute. Break it off and distribute. He even liked Tabernacle. What has he been doing to this church? Breaking it off and distributing. Breaking it off. He ain't had to start all over. No, this ain't the time to start over. He's proven he's a God of impossibility. Oh, they want to say it's not day, he's not able. Healings don't take place. Miracles don't play, take place. God can't heal of cancer. I'm going to tell you, he's here to break it off. If you'll just sit down and take eat. Oh, he's more than enough for your situation. But Joe, all I got is two fish and five loaves. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. See, it all depends on who hands you put them two fish and those five loaves in. 
Notice, you give me a basketball, I'm not much of a basketball baller. Good Lord, I'm only five foot six. Barely. You get, I'm not even going to comment on that. We're going to keep going. You give me a basketball. I may be able to hit the rim once or twice from the three-point line. It may be worth $15, but you put that same basketball in the hands of LeBron James, it'll be worth $15, $20, $30, million. It all depends on whose hands it's in. Oh, you give me a football, it may be worth 15 bucks at Walmart, but you take that same football and put it in the hand of Peyton Manning, it'll be worth $50 million and a Super Bowl ring. Oh, you give me a golf club, I'm not much of a golfer, but you give me a golf club, you get the best one, maybe it's a big Bertha, you pay 120 bucks for it, that may be all that good. I may be able to drive the ball to the door, but you give that same golf club to Tiger Woods, I'm saying it's worth $80 million. It all depends on whose hands you put it in. You give me a rod, I can probably beat away an animal. You give Moses a rod, he'll part the Red Sea. Give me a slingshot, I may be able to hit that pew. You give it to David, he gonna knock out a giant. It all depends on whose hands you put it in. You give me two nails, I may may be able to nail two boards together. You give Jesus two nails. He can save, he can heal, he can set free with two nails. You give me two fish and five loaves, I'm going to devour the fish. And there may be one or two loaves left over, and that's going to be about it. But you give Jesus those same two fish and those five loaves, I'm going to tell you, he'll feed 5,000. Because why? Because he does impossible math. Oh, if you could just take your gift tonight, whatever it is, your fish, your loaves, your golf club, your football, whatever you've got tonight, and you give that thing over to God. It don't matter how little you are, how insufficient you are. Give it to God tonight and watch the impossible. Watch the supernatural. Expect the miraculous. But now notice, and your worries and your fears, All those things that's got you stressed out, you keep them in your hands. That's all they'll ever be is worry, fear, stress, ulcer, anxiety, no comfort, no peace. Well, you take those same worries and you take those same fears and you give them over to Jesus. He'll do the impossible. I said he'll do the impossible. Musicians come. But Abraham said, God will answer in a time of crisis. So Jessica, if you don't mind, I'd like for you to come back and sing that song. Brother Tim, if that's okay, let her sing that. God will answer in a time of crisis. He'll not only answer, but he will make manifest in a time of crisis. If the people will assemble themselves together, no matter if it's two or three, whatever it is, and pray, he said he would hear from heaven. So we find here in the hours of real stress, that's usually when the Spirit of God moves in. See, he lets the Hebrew children walk right into the fiery furnace before he ever moved. But when he moved, he moved. Now, I don't know about your situation tonight, but I know that he's here. You can come on, Sister Jessica. I know he's here. 
And I know we've been kind of constrained with COVID-19 and we ain't had normal services in a long time. But I wonder if we can just let the Spirit of God loose just for a little bit this evening. We've got a little bit more time. Say, God, let you move tonight. i got a need. I want to see the impossible. I want to experience the supernatural. One very many services ago, Sister Dorita, I think I'll pray for you right here. And God responded. The very next service, Brother Tim prayed for the very same thing. And now you see God met your need. That's only one. you got several others that God's still ready to move for. If I can get you to believe tonight, all things are possible. I don't care how bad your situation is. He's never met a problem but what he's not able to solve. He's able tonight, church. Not only is he able, but he told Peter, he said, Peter, I'm giving you the keys tonight to the kingdom of God that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm giving you the keys. In type, he was handing you the keys tonight, even like Tabernacle. And he said, whatever you bind on earth, we're going to bind it in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth tonight, we're going to loose it in heaven. There's a people that's on this earth right now that the gates of hell shall not prevail against because they believe in the supernatural. And we got loved ones stricken down with cancer. But tonight, it's no longer coming to you it's coming through you now. you got the keys. We're a people that's back on speaking terms with the author, with the creator of heavens and earth. What is your need tonight, church? He's here. Do you believe? Do you believe? Can you believe? I believe tonight should be a night that we drive out cancer. Drive out high blood pressure. Drive out depression. Drive out fears. Drive out anxieties. Why are we a people succumbing to the enemy's lies? When he said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I'm the God of impossibilities. I'm the God of impossibilities. The world says there's no rapture. You might as well give up. He's delayed. It's coming. Look what's going on. But God said, I'm going to have a church. Not only am I going to have one, I'm coming to redeem one. I'm taking one home with me. So when the world wants to put its false cards up there and its propaganda, I want you to know one thing. God's never been defeated. And he's never met a problem but what he's able to solve. Brother Vernon, if you're streaming in tonight, if you can believe, if you can believe, he's still God. Brother Ron, if you're streaming in tonight, he's still God. And his word is still true. Sister Heidi Tomasak, if you're streaming in tonight or some other time, doctors may not have the answer to your situation, but God has the solution. Because he's still God. Sister Dottie, Brother Nathan, 
all those that are out there that are suffering right now, if you can believe tonight, if you can believe tonight, all things are possible. I want to open this altar up while Sister Jessica sings tonight. If you want to see the supernatural, let it start tonight. Brother Zane, let it start tonight. Brother Wesley, let it start tonight. Brother James, let it start tonight. Let's be a church that experiences the supernatural. Go ahead. Can you hear the voice of the Father inviting you to walk on the
Those are words that I needed to hear tonight. Amen. I'm sure they are words that you needed to hear tonight as well. And just saying, Lord Jesus, make known your supernatural to me. You know, it cannot be just an intellectual conception. We cannot be just an intellectual church. We must be a church that is set on the supernatural. Amen. That the supernatural is working in God's people. I want us to sing a song. I know the Lord will make a way for me. I want you just to say, Lord, I know in my situation, you're going to make the way. Because you're doing things that are impossible. Not only is things not impossible with God, but nothing's impossible with you. If you're a believer, amen, God brings it right down to you. He knows exactly what your need is, what you're going through, your situation. And it's not too hard for the Lord. Amen. You know, Brother Branham talked about um, little sister Florence Nightingale that he prayed for. She's actually a granddaughter of the original one there. But anyway, she... was dying with cancer. Just, I think about 40, 50 pounds, just skin and bones. Horrible, horrible condition that she was in. It was, looked totally impossible. Brother Brandon said, when God healed that one of cancer, he should have never had to display another proof that he heals cancer. Amen. And yet God is God and he's so gracious. And time after time after time, he'll show us again and again and again. But he'll make a way for you. Why don't you stand together as we worship the Lord? Why don't you just take this time now and water the word that you have heard. Water it with thanksgiving and praise. I know the Lord will make a way for me. What about my situation, Lord? I know the Lord will make a way for me. Hallelujah. I live a holy life. I shun the wrong and I do what's right. I know the Lord will make a way for me. Sing that one more time. I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord will make a way for me. Thank you, Jesus. If I live a holy life and I shun the wrong and I do I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord has laid his hand on me. I know the Lord has laid his hand on me. I know the Lord has laid his hand on me. 
tonight that every problem has an answer. That there's nothing that is too big for our God or too hard. Like he said to Sarah when she was challenged in her faith to believe for that which is impossible for a 90-year-old woman to give birth to a child. And she was asked to believe for the impossible. You know, God's always asked for every generation to believe in the impossible. It was impossible for Enoch to walk with God and leave this dimension and climb higher and be raptured. It was impossible for rain to come out of heaven and animals to go in an ark and the door to be shut. It was impossible for the Hebrew children to escape a fiery furnace or for Daniel in the lion's den. God has always asked his people to believe in the impossible. You are asking this generation to believe in the impossible. He has asked you to believe that we're going to be standing on our feet and your old age turn back to young again. Gray hair come back the right color. Amen. Hair that is falling away and missing body parts to come back again. He has asked you to believe for the impossible. He has asked you to believe for a rapture to be translated out of this into another round. He has asked you to believe for the impossible. And you are a people who are acquainted with the impossible. Every person who has been born again tonight, filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, that was impossible. And God took that impossibility and turned it around to a possibility. He's that kind of God tonight. Even the things you're going through, the sickness, sicknesses that you've had in your life and the problems. I just want you to know, it's God's opportunity for your faith to act. It can never happen. Healing can never be unless we have that opportunity. Sometimes we want to ask why. And I'm always reminded of Brother Branham telling us in the message, the message Shalom. And he says, don't break the rhythm. If you're part of God's symphony, don't break the rhythm of his word. Don't ask why. Why did this happen? I tried it, Brother Branham, and when they turned me out, you know what I've done? I like to start to that. Don't ask why. He knows the rhythm. How it's got to change and what junctions it's got to make. Yes, sir, for it's written. He knows all about it. He knows the rhythm. Don't ask why. Believe it. And a lot of times we are always prone to ask why. But if we can just see the bigger picture, if we can just see that God's got it all in his plan, don't break the rhythm and ask why. Just walk in that rhythm and say, God, I know you've got this in your hand. I know you're going to make a way because Jesus is a part of this equation and that which is impossible is now possible to them that believe. Are you a believer tonight? Amen. If you're a believer, then you can take every burden you got, every problem you got, and you can take it him and believe it with all your heart. Amen. Let's, let's sing that old song. Amen. That old song that we used to sing, leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave it there. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
If this world from you withhold of its silver and its gold, and you have to get along with me to fair. Oh, just remember in the word how he feeds a little bird. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. tonight? You believe you can trust God with your problem? Amen. The situation in your life, problem on your job, situation in your finances, problems in your health. You believe you can trust this God that he's big enough that he's able to do it for you? Amen. My God can do anything. Amen. Let's sing that old song too. God can do anything. It's a little bit too high. Amen. God, anything, anything, anything God can do, anything but faith, and He can save, He can heal, He can feel, and He will. God can do anything but faith. God can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
tonight we believe we have heard from heaven we believe you spoke to us Lord you that you just gave us an assurance in our heart that you got this that every situation that we put it in your hands Lord you can break the bread and multiply it you can take our gifts you can take our all that we are and you can take it we put it in your hands our talents you can take it and make something out of it I pray Lord tonight we'll be able to do it yield ourselves to you and surrender our lives completely and totally Lord as we go and we're moved from here tonight may it just burn in our hearts that you do everything and you do it well and you do it right you don't do a halfway job. Lord, we prayed for some impossible situations. With man, they're impossible. We prayed, Lord, tonight for a blind girl that's been had glaucoma since a baby. And she's got a little promise in her heart that you'll heal her. Lord, I pray for Jessamine Holmes, Lord, that she'll do something. You cause her faith to come in her heart, Lord. First, she'll turn to you with all of her heart, with all her soul, and make a surrender of her life to you. And then, Lord, that you'll heal her body. Open her eyes. You open the eyes of the blind before you can do it again. Lord, you know sight's gone in one eye, and the eye, other eye, they're not giving it any hope. Lord, I'm asking in Jesus' name, you'll do the miraculous. Lord, for these with cancer, and we could just go right down the line list. We heard about Becky, Lord, today, the aunt, the brother Sam, dying, St. Omer Hospice, leukemia, brain bleed. God, you know, but there's nothing impossible. We send your word to bring healing, Lord. Lord, there's Vernon and the need that our brother has. We talked about him Sunday. We know the situation is not impossible. You can still turn it around. Lord Jesus, we believe the same thing for Brother Ron. Many, many others, Lord. We're looking to the impossible, knowing that it is not impossible with God and with the believers. For all things are possible to them that believe. We ask, Lord, that you'll help us. That we can be a people you can trust. You can send your sick people to. And they be healed. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. God bless you. As you go tonight, the deacons will dismiss you by row. Remember, this COVID situation is still very, very serious. So take the precautions that you need to protect, to protect yourself and your loved ones. We love you in the Lord and God bless you. Sunday morning, God willing, Brother John Andes will be with us. So I believe we'll be blessed in the Lord. God bless you in Jesus' name.